0: Welcome. This is Neil Grant, author of the book, Words of Wisdom from a Christian Mentor, Practical, Real Life, and Holistic Advice for the Graduate Transitioning into Adulthood. The paperback is for sale on my website, newgradadvice.com. Also, the e-book and paperback are for sale on Amazon and other bookstores. My audio book has also just been released to the public. My last podcast discussed pride and humility and the importance of being humble and avoiding being prideful. The Bible stated that pride is the starting point for all sins, and therefore how important it is not to be proud. Today's podcast will jump into a critical topic, addictions, and I think you'll find it very interesting and a useful topic. Yeah, 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 I know. I can can stop drinking whenever I want. I just don't happen to want to stop right now. You can fill in any of the many addictive behaviors into this sentence and keep kidding yourself that all will be well when you think you want to change. Change in itself is not easy and takes time with professional Christian assistance to properly make the change, and in some cases, with drug and alcohol, especially with drugs and alcohol, medical advice and supervision. Let's take a look an overview of addictions. Addictions are compulsions to use things, such as drugs or alcohol, to excess, and are dangerous for people who have them and cause pain and suffering for family members. Symptoms of addiction include financial problems, absenteeism, and health issues. The one thing they all have in common is that it is so hard for the person to stop the habit once it has gotten to the addiction stage. What is addiction? Addiction is the lifelong chronic choice. How many people in today's society call it a disease? However, others contend that calling it a disease is incorrect, and it is a disorder. In most cases, it all started with a bad choice and is now uncontrollable. Diseases may be thought of as being incurable, and therefore, this addiction simply may have to stay with them for the rest of their lives. As a disorder, With spiritual transformation, the addict can become free of this habit through counseling and a change of focus and mindset. People who suffer from an addiction have an uncontrollable urge and compulsion to use dangerous substances or to engage in harmful activities despite knowing the negative consequences they may have on their lives. Their addiction can damage relationships, cause problems at work, and lead to financial and legal problems. Excessive drug and alcohol use can cause a range of serious health issues, and it can be fatal. How common is addiction? Addiction is unfortunately very common. It's estimated that about 20 million people in the United States suffer from a substance use disorder, which often refers to substances that unnaturally increase dopamine levels in the reward pathway. These substances include prescription painkillers, illicit substances, nicotine, or alcohol. However, there are many more addictions affecting the country which don't have solid statistics regarding how prevalent they are. There are two basic types of addiction, physical and behavioral, and often they go hand in hand. Cravings, compulsions, inability to stop, and lifestyle dysfunction all point to the existence of some type of addiction. Physical addictions, alcohol, tobacco, opioids, Prescription drugs, cocaine, marijuana, amphetamine, hallucinogens, or inhalants. Behavioral addictions, food and eating disorders, sex, internet, pornography, computer video games, exercise, shopping, gambling, relationships, and other actions taken to an extreme. There are a lot of addictions that probably you and I have never even thought about, but they do indeed exist for many. So what are these symptoms of addiction? Symptoms of addiction vary from person to person, but typical symptoms include the following. 1. Inability to stop using. People may use a substance or engage in harmful addictive behavior, even if they want to stop, and may have tried multiple times to do so, but can't. 2. Increased tolerance. Over time, they may need more alcohol, drugs, or nicotine to feel the same euphoric effects as they did before because their bodies now have a built-up tolerance for these substances. Three, intense focus on substances or behaviors. People with addictions become pathologically preoccupied with drugs, alcohol, or harmful behaviors. They may feel that an addiction has taken over their lives as they spend more and more time craving, obtaining, and thinking about their choice of addiction. Four, lack of control. They may feel like they have lost complete control over their substance use and often feel helpless. They often feel guilty, depressed, and are overwhelmed over their addiction and how it has impacted their life. Six, personal problems and health issues. Their addiction often impacts all aspects of their lives, including their mental health, personal relationships, their medical health, and their careers. Often, they are unable to pay their bills, or purposely isolate themselves from their friends and family. And lastly, number seven, withdrawal. People with addiction experience emotional and physical withdrawal symptoms when they stop using. Physical symptoms include shaking, sweating, throwing up. They may also become anxious, sad, or angry, and then revert to their old habits. What are the causes of addiction? This isn't one specific cause of addiction, and many factors contribute to person's risk. And anyone can develop a substance use disorder. Certain factors increase the risk, including the following. One, genetics. Substance use disorders can be inherited, that is passed down through families. If you have a family history of addiction, you're at a higher risk of developing a substance use disorder. Two, environmental factors. A combination of lifestyle and environmental factors also contribute to developing an addiction. These factors include violence, poverty, and access to substances, taking drugs during adolescence or extreme stress or trauma. Three, drug use. All addictive substances cause changes in the brain's reward center. These changes make the person crave more and more drugs to keep feeling pleasure. The cravings can be so strong that drugs become the main focus. Lastly, number four, cause of addiction, mental health disorder. Bipolar disorder, PTSD, and depression often occur along with substance use disorders. People with mental health disorders have an increased risk of developing substance use disorders. So what does the Bible say about addiction? For anyone looking for change, inspiration, and motivation to move out of addiction and into a healthy life, the Bible can be a wonderful source. Yet the Bible doesn't talk about addiction in modern terms. Addiction and substance use disorders are relatively modern concepts defining an age-old problem, but the fact that the Bible uses terminology, old terminology, does not make what it has to say about these problems, including drunkenness, debauchery, riotous living, and any other less relevant to the modern reader. Most importantly, the Bible has much to say about things that are more relevant and important, such as overcoming temptation, about recovering from sin, about finding peace, and about forgiveness. It is those messages that ultimately resonate with us as we move away from a life of sin and degradation and toward the light and love of God. From Dr. Ab Abercrombie from the Biblical Counseling Institute's article entitled, A Biblical Response to Dependency and Addiction, found at bcinstitute.com, Focusing on sin, some argue, is harsh and promotes guilty and shameful emotions. However, without transformation, we can only teach someone to manage their illness rather than resolve their sin. There are many passages quoted by Dr. Arm Abercrombie throughout this chapter, and his Counseling Institute emphasizes complete transformation through Christ and not simply abstinence. Addiction is indulgence of the flesh and temporal pleasures that come with the element of attraction. Yet in its origin, it is the placement of something or someone above God. Edward Welch calls addiction a worship disorder, pointing to idolatry as a central theme in our excessive consumptions. If the cravings and actions of our flesh are evident, then through them our heart is revealed. The heart, invested fully in a substance, will have little evidence of godly worship, service, or holy contact as these assets cannot be attained apart from godly adoration. Many suggest that the Bible has little to say about addiction in general. For example, the Bible does not speak about pornography, drug addiction, or relationship dependence at all. The Bible does not also mention automobiles and rocket ships because they didn't exist at the time God gave his revelation. And scripture has volumes to say about idolatry, worship, respect, and maintenance of the body, lust, sexual immorality, self-control, a assigned mind, temperance, and pure meditations. Perhaps Paul summed it up best. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any of them. 1 Corinthians 6.12 With addiction, we opt for the most expedient answer to the issues of the flesh. Without an abiding, worshipful relationship with Christ, we have no endurance, no perseverance, and no willingness to sacrifice. Comfort becomes the aim, no matter the consequence. This problem is heightened over time by the use of substances that inflame the flesh with cravings and physical Discomfort. Now the attraction is not only psychological, getting relief, but it's also physiological. Spiritually divided from the Lord our flesh reigns. Now fueled with the toxins of alcohol, tobacco, drugs, and sugar, and the like, the flesh screams even more loudly. Paul wrote, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Romans 8, 5 through 8. How can the addiction best be solved? I search for data regarding rehabilitation success, and as you would expect, the data is all over the place. It's hard to discern the effectiveness of many treatment centers. There are about 14,500 of these centers in the United States, but are generally pretty expensive routes to resolving the addiction. Data shows that only 10 to 20 percent of the addicts actually seek treatment and it is very difficult to discern the success rates of those who do get treatment due to how each unit classifies success. Some call it a success if they finish the program. Some a success if they're not addicted for 3 or 6 or 12 months. So there are times that those who did not finish the treatment or have reverted to their old ways after 12 months are not included in the statistics. From what I can see, you have a 50-50 chance of best of staying clean for an extended period through the use of the normal rehabilitation means. Regarding addiction, one might rightfully say, just saying no is not enough. A cursory review of the Bible passages stated earlier can suggest that we are strictly speaking of disciplined obedience, forsake the flesh, embrace Christ, and take no opportunity to act rebelliously. Yet we recognize that while this structure is true, It is simply the framework within which transformation occurs. In reality, secular programs teach a very simplistic pattern of abstinence. The message of Alcoholics Anonymous, treatment programs, and therapists sound like this. Since you have a disease, you can never be cured for for the rest of your life. You have to manage and control your illness through abstinence, the avoidance of contact with the object of your addiction. You will always be inclined to abuse alcohol and other addictions because the issue is embedded in who you are. You will never be free, but you can be sober. But the message of the cross is one of sufficiency, power, grace, and reconciliation. It's a gift that modifies the essence of who we are and how we live. No longer flesh only. The believer is flesh and spirit. He or she has power unavailable to the rest of the world an ever-present helper, comforter, counselor, and truth. We as Christians are not subject to bondage in this world because Christ has overcome the world, 1 John 5, 4. When we speak of life according to the Spirit, that allows us to put off our previous conduct and lust. We are addressing the enduring elements of life lived in the light of Christ. It is not a determined position of willpower, but a submitted, trusting, worshipful, and empowered union with the Lord from which proceeds discipline, abstinence, self-control, sound mind, and the capacity to make no provision for the flesh. So often we attempt to put the cart ahead of the horse by placing control and obedience ahead of love and worship. In dealing with dependency, we are either relying upon the substitution of the world or the genuine Christ. We cannot help the dependent person by promoting containment and strength when they're depleted hungry, thirsty, and lost. Jesus taught, for my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. As Christ told the Samaritan woman at the well, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give them will never thirst. But the water that I shall give them will become a fountain of spring, springing up into eternal life. John 4, 13 and 14. The promise of peace is of little comfort, But the experience of peace through the sustenance of Christ builds hope, endurance, love, and obedience. Any effort that ignores this process is doomed to failure. Yes, certain individuals can remain free of the behavioral conduct with the source of their dependency through some version of willful obedience. But under this scenario, they are always slaves who have temporarily escaped their captors, wondering when they'll be reclaimed. Once claimed and known by the Lord Jesus, they are free indeed, and no one can snatch them out of his hand. John 10:28. 28. Biblical counseling is a case of dependency and addiction must maintain a focus that is hopeful and a belief that transformation is available. We must not resonate with the idea of physical and or emotional limitations that restrict a person to simply hold on and fight against their innate tendencies. In the cases of drug or alcohol dependency, there are medical concerns that cannot be ignored, but these concerns are grounded in the effect of the substance on the body, not the cause of the addictive process. The origin of sin, the outcome, can be illness. Some who seek biblical counseling may be psychologically addicted, making it unsafe to simply stop the drug or drink. Alcohol and drug withdrawal can be life-threatening without proper medical care. Other times, the withdrawal symptoms may not be dangerous, but are intense enough to make a successful abstinence almost impossible. The physiological cravings can be strong, distorting the counselee's focus, resolve, and willingness to confront the issue. As with all sin, dependency of this type is paradoxically self-serving and self-destructive. Yet the addictive individual is rarely motivated to see the truth. In fact, The more involved he or she becomes in their dependency, the less sensitive they are to the effect it has on their health and or the effect on those closest to them. Pornography obsession has become important to some that professional positions have been lost because of pornography use at work. Others have exposed their children and spouses to vile sexual perversions by filling their computers with residue that inadvertently viewed by others at home. This form of of sexual engulfment has led to extramarital affairs, disease, and even death. Relational dependency is rife with potential for exploitation and abuse. Chaotic and excessive spending has led to bankruptcy, broken marriages, and suicide. Gambling produces similar stories of loss, injury, death, and sometimes criminal involvement. When one is carried away by his or her own desires, James 1, 14 and 15. The outcome is progressive deterioration that can only be interrupted by true repentance. So what's the takeaway message? The instances and opportunities for addiction in America are vast and have come from a variety of reasons, but all are hard or impossible to stop without special intervention practices. Just say no is a great thought, but pure abstinence by itself is difficult and is not totally successful approach. In essence, the successful interventions are usually biblically-based programs where the addict comes to the realization of the sin, the impact it has on his or her life and family, and their relationship with the one true and loving God. Repentance must follow for the addict to stop the abuse and look to resume a normal life. I hope this has been helpful to you in learning more about addictions and how to overcome them. Using biblical principles to do so, and that should be the first step to moving always away from any addiction. My next podcast is Leading Others to Christ and provides three ways to suit to do this to suit your personality and helping you to step out of your comfort zone. I think you'll find it quite interesting with information you've probably never heard before or thought about. So please join me next time for this interesting podcast. Well, that's it for now. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Please visit my website, newgradadvice.com, for more information about the book and the podcast. So bye for now. And thanks so much for listening.